Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything on this show, including yours. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And now... We bring you one of our regular occurring segments brought to you by the help of our friends at Reader's Digest. Every year they host a competition where folks submit stories about why they consider their town to be the nicest place in America. Here's Robbie with our latest story from Reader's Digest, and it comes from Columbiana, Ohio. Don Arthurs was born and raised in Columbiana, Ohio. Although his primary interest laid in music and performance, 
he realized that probably wasn't going to pay the bills. After a few years off after high school and some prompting from a friend, Don enrolled at Youngstown State University and received his degree in computer information systems and naturally started applying for jobs. Sent 35 resumes out and got two offers because Youngstown, Ohio was not really known for being a tech corridor or anything like that at the time. I ended up taking a job with a company that did audience response systems. It was a really interesting concept and um, I really enjoyed that. I worked for that company for about a year and a half. The year was uh, 2001, whenever the uh, 9-11 attacks occurred. My position, since it was so heavily reliant on travel after 9-11 happened, it hurt that business quite a bit. So within the course of, you know, just a week or so after those attacks occurred, they lost a large percentage of their clients. They had to make some cuts to the uh, staff and I was one of the cuts. And I was pretty devastated, obviously. Um, <laughs> I had the insurance for my family, my wife taught at a, a private Christian school, so she didn't have insurance. And um, just two weeks after that, we found out that uh, we were going to have uh, our first child. So it was like a very stressful time. And I, re I remember meeting with uh, the two fellows that I worked with in Boardman, Ohio. And I remember we just, we got together and we were talking about how we had ideas and that kind of spawned a conversation about starting our own company and so a few months later we ended up starting a company called turning technologies we ended up uh, gaining some traction and got in with some book publishers that offered our product uh, along with college textbooks so that worked out rather well because you know overnight we had this massive sales force then pushing our product and it really really spawned uh, early growth there for our company. After so long, we ended up um, deciding to try to bring in some outside investment in to help grow more and um, ended up selling the majority share of our uh, company then. In 2006, I started talking with a fella named Len DeRico and he was a minister at a local church here in Columbiana. Len would just share his heart and his desire for a drama ministry that he wanted to create. And I guess over the course of a year, I really, you know, started to buy into the idea. And I thought, you know, that would be uh, something that I think would fit well within the town of Columbiana. You know, people kind of referred to Columbiana as like a little Mayberry where most of the neighbors knew each other and most of the people were friendly and that sort of thing. But so we ended up talking quite a bit about it, and after the course of a year, we started looking at buildings in which we could house such a drama ministry in. And I remember we looked at like some old grocery stores that had just nothing really seemed to fit. In the meantime, there was still an operating cinema in the downtown right on the square. It was called the Columbiana Cinema at the time. and. You know, originally it opened up as a movie theater called the Manos Theater back in like 1952. It had come to a point where it was in uh, it was in need of fixing up because it was it was getting uh, in pretty bad shape. 
and we had the conversation one day. I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the owner would consider selling that to us. So we ended up meeting with him and told him kind of our idea what we wanted to do, and he agreed that uh, he would be willing to sell it. So we ended up purchasing in well, I guess it was February of 2007 is when we purchased the Columbiana Cinema. But at that time, uh, Len actually, because of some personal reasons there, had to, he was going to be the one kind of running the ministry, the drama ministry, and then he just, because of personal reasons, decided that uh, he wasn't able to do it at that point. But, you know, over the course of the year, my wife and I got pretty excited about the idea, and we didn't necessarily know how it was going to work out because I was still working a full-time job as a software engineer. But we, we made the decision to go ahead and purchase the building anyhow and to start the renovation process to see where it leads. And you're listening to Don Arthurs tell his story. And in the end, you'll be hearing more about his town story, Columbiana, Ohio. And in the end, towns are filled up of people and their stories and what they decide to do with their town determines what happens to that town. This story comes to us in conjunction with work with Reader's Digest. And as we had described earlier, they host a competition where folks submit stories about why they consider their town to be the nicest place in America. And our story about Columbiana, Ohio, about Don Arthur's desire to start a drama ministry on his own dime in an entrepreneurial way. And in the end, as you're listening a pure leap of faith into the unknown. And this is, in the end, what makes towns, too. Our entrepreneurs, whether they be the kind who run businesses or the nonprofit types who start enterprises like a drama ministry, this is what makes and shapes our communities. When we come back, the story of Don Arthurs, the story of Columbiana, Ohio, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue with Our American Stories and the story of Don Arthurs and the story of Columbiana, Ohio, and the story of why they were selected by Reader's Digest as one of the nicest places to live in America. When we last left off, Don had just brought an old movie theater in downtown Columbiana to use that space for a drama ministry. Back to Don. We opened it up on May 8th of uh, 2008 as the Main Street Theater. So we still ran some first-run movies there for about a year, year and a half. But intermixed with the movies, we would um, try to start our own little productions. Uh, We didn't 
have a separate production company or anything, but we would um, work with some local artists there. And one in particular, his name was Jim Kokenauer. He uh, he had written a couple scripts there, and he had called me up the one day and asked if I would be interested in looking at one in particular called um, Christmas in Columbia, and I think it was. So I met with him, and it was a, it was a cute script, and thought that the uh, the town would uh, enjoy something like that. And somewhere around then, Eric Offenberg, Brown's former artistic director, came onto the scene. Um, just, I, I kind of came in at the beginning, but I wasn't there at the very beginning. I graduated from Bowling Green State University with a degree in theater, and uh, I was determined that I was going to work in theater despite my parents saying, you'll, you're, you'll never get a job in theater. Um, and I did um, in Cleveland uh, at, at uh, Karamu House, uh, which is kind of an African-American cultural center in East Cleveland, and I worked in their drama theater for youth program. Um, one of the things I found out is that I absolutely hated professional theater. Um, it was too um, catty. It was it was a difficult time. Um, lots of backstabbing and things like that. And so I, I kind of shunned away from theater at that point. Also at that point, I got married and I moved to this area, um, to the Columbiana area. Essentially, um, I wasn't doing any theater. I worked in retail for a while, but then I decided uh, the one part of my job there that I liked was teaching drama um, to three and to four and five year olds on Saturday mornings. And so I thought, well, teaching might be a way to go. My my family are all educators, and so I I gave in. I I started. Uh, I went back to school, um, got my license to be a special education teacher. I worked here in the Columbiana area for 15 years doing that. During that time, I also kind of got uh, sucked into Crown Theater. So probably 10 years that I stayed away from theater after had a bad taste in my mouth from it. I was driving uh, through town and they had a sign up that said the Voice of Main Street competition. And I, I'm a performer. I enjoy singing. And so I thought, well, I'll check it out. So I called and got the information and had an audition for that. And they picked folks and it was kind of like a um, like an American Idol kind of thing. And so there were a number of performers and this was actually the second year that they had done it. So somebody had already won the year before, but they they had said, um, if you win this, you get these this prize. And then you you also get to perform before shows and movies and things like that that we have throughout the year. So you're like the voice of Main Street for the year. Um, I wasn't looking for that. I was just looking for performing. And so I thought, well, I'll get back into it. And I won that second year. And then the theater closed down again. Like a, he, he had purchased it, renovated it and decided this isn't working. I'm not making any money. So I'm closing it down. I, I felt bummed out because I, you know, I felt gypped because I, I was the voice of Main Street at that point. And uh, then it closed and I was like, go figure. One month after I do that, I, they close. Well, they opened up about a year later, but they were doing a, a kid's show. Um, Crown had organized and they were doing a kid's show. So we ended up putting a cast together and keep in mind that I, I know very little about theater at this point. And uh, in fact, we, we really didn't even have um, adequate stage lighting or uh, even the backstage area is 
pretty small because the building was not originally designed as a live production theater. It was just uh, a movie theater. And I brought my daughter to audition for that and uh, ended up helping direct it and and through the whole process. Uh, so, and that's kind of how I got involved in directing here as well. And, but uh, we ended up, you know, doing the best we could and we put together, um, it was a really cute show and uh, we had a nice response from the community. They enjoyed they enjoyed getting involved with it and being part of it and then also attending. And we thought, you know, that was, that was fun. It was uh, a really neat way to, um, I guess, get involved in the community, to, you know, as an outreach and... Um, Crown was trying to grow and having difficulty and uh, at that point I said uh, to them, hey, we, um, you know, I, I can help you put together a, a winning season, something that's going to put uh, people in the seats um, and will be profitable and go along with your mission um, with Crown Theatre. Um, and I said, if if there's a way to, to pay me to do it, I can put a whole lot of more time into it. But uh, if if not, I'm willing to volunteer those services. And so we did. We picked uh, one of our first seasons, which was pretty successful, and then just kept going from there. And that's how I kind of got involved with Crown Theater. What we were doing, we wanted it to be uh, family-friendly so that it was a safe space for, you know, parents to drop their kids off and they didn't have to worry about, you know, what what's going to, you know, what their kids might um, be exposed to. Or, you know, we, we basically just wanted a place because at, at this time, you know, I had I had three kids at the time. And, you know, I just thought how important it was as a parent uh, to not worry about, you know, where my kids are and what they're doing, you know, if they're getting into something they shouldn't. And so we, we just wanted this place to be um, a place that parents could drop their kids off and not worry, you know. We leave the drama on the stage. In other words, um, when you come to, to play practice, it's not about who said what, who did what, gossip, that kind of stuff. Um, more more so um, just general kind of moral um code of conduct that we have where you know you're not talking behind people's back you're not saying bad things about other folks there's no you don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable so and and some other um issues that you know swearing is something that we don't do because a lot of times we have kids around um and and a lot of times our our goal was to our goal was to make family friendly entertainment and so that limits us to the number of shows that we can do just because some of the content stuff we didn't feel was appropriate for a full family to come and see, so. As Crown kind of grew, I, I kind of implemented my, my, uh, my experience of hating the exclusive theater community to an inclusive theater community and so we wanted to pick shows that had that wanted to give everybody a chance to be in so uh, typically when we have auditions here at crown we we typically get 120 people that audition and we put 120 people on the cast list and obviously some of those drop out um and but we we like big casts that first season we just started building that up and uh running the theater as as a family um it really uh, with a family kind of business model 
and we're listening to Don Arthurs and Eric Offenberg tell the story of how they created a community theater that mattered in their small town of Columbiana, Ohio, and why that matters as it related to this small town becoming one of the nicest places to live in America, thanks to a Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest does this contest every year. And this is how we improve towns, folks. In the end, great community spaces, great restaurants, great arts, great entertainment, and great great places where families can gather. But it takes people to do it. And when we come back, we continue with the story of Don Arthurs and his merry band of warriors who decided to improve their small town. That story continues here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And we return with Our American Stories and with our final segment from Columbiana, Ohio's Crown Theater Productions and what sets them apart from other small-town theater companies. Let's pick up where we last left off. And we, we encourage people to, you know, a lot of times theaters in an area are territorial and, and that kind of thing. We encourage our folks, if, if they're not getting what they want at Crown, to go to other places. But we've had a lot of folks that have gone to other places and come back and said, uh, I had a parent that said, first of all, our first rehearsal at this theater, I've never heard the F word used so much. And just we, I just we appreciate what we have there at Crown and, and that kind of thing. So, But like I said, we encourage all all genres, all uh, all of the different uh, theater areas for all of our family members, that whatever's going to make them um, excited about being in the arts. You know, we do we do sometimes catch a little flack uh, or a reputation of being kind of goody two shoes, that kind of stuff from other theaters. But that's a formula that works for us, and it, it's really cool to see full families coming to be in a show. Um, there, there's kind of a it's almost we almost call it like a no risk theater because. Um, in most shows, when I say most, there's certain shows that we can't cast everybody that auditions. But um, when we have a show and we can have a giant chorus in that show, um, it's kind of it's nice for uh, kids to come and audition and not worry about not getting a part or or something like that. But they know they're going to have a part, and and then parents and siblings and things like that. We have full families that come and do theater together, which is a great opportunity and ministry for families as well we have people that come back and say well i i really don't like this show but i'm gonna audition for it anyways because i want to be a part of it and that's that's just a testament to the folks that are involved with crown and the staff here and um everything that everything that gets put into it but in 2015 crown theater would stumble onto a new type of production one that would change their theater community and the town of columbiana for good Debbie Salman became our executive director for Crown Theatre Productions. Debbie had attended a special needs production at a local church in Canton, Ohio. That experience, I think that was in 2015, she said when she left, you know, she was moved so much by their performance and the, um, I guess, the authenticity of the performance. Like, when these folks got on stage, like, 
it, it wasn't like they were, you know, sometimes in, in theater you can you can really deal with like egos, <laughs> you know, you're dealing with artists, you know, so you, you get a lot of egos and stuff. And but she said it was so different, you know, like everybody just they were just there to have fun. And it was so, so different. It was like a relief, like, wow, like that's that's why we, we want to do it. Just, you know, for the fun and the love of it, not necessarily to see your name up on a billboard or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So she came back and I think it was at our next board meeting. She had told the rest of us about her experience and how much she said it moved her. Um, I think she was moved to tears after the performance. She said it was so good and, and asked what we thought about trying to start our own special needs productions. I mean, of course we were all on board. We loved the idea. And uh, Eric Offenberg, at the time, he was our artistic director for Crown. Me being a special education teacher for 15 years, um, it was just kind of a, my worlds collided at that point. And um, we started our, our special needs production. At this point, we, we were just planning on doing one show. We did The Little Mermaid. Every actor has some sort of a special need, and, and then we have a great group of volunteers that we call attendants. Um, each actor gets assigned an attendant that helps them out, whatever needs they are. And, you know, we push a little bit for independence and, and for growth. So if an actor needs somebody on stage feeding them each line right behind them, then that, that attendant dresses in black, the actor is in a costume, and they and they stand there and feed the lines to them. But if, if they're able to memorize a line and, you know, some attendants stand on the sidelines and in the wings and, and send their actor on when it's time and get them when they come off and change costumes and that kind of thing. But we make it possible for everybody to participate no matter what the special need is. And so we've kind of built that to two shows a year with our special needs program. A year or so of putting on those productions, one of the grandmothers she couldn't believe, you know, the difference that she saw even in her grandson when he was up on stage. And it, it actually moved her so much that she saw where Reader's Digest was doing their um, a search for uh, the nicest place in America for 2019. So she wrote a letter to them telling them about Crown Theater Production Special Needs Program. They contacted us and came out and started doing the interviews and and such and um, and then they went out into the community and uh, and they really were moved as well when they saw the productions because we invited them to watch some of the auditions and the rehearsals and um. and that year Columbiana Ohio became Reader's Digest's nicest place in America. <laughs> I remember the day that we had the announcement and the excitement in that room oh it was just i thought the roof was gonna go off its top you know there there was so much excitement but it was a really fun experience crown theater's special needs program did more than they had ever imagined it could once people saw the change in their kids and stuff when they came out for the productions how it like it gave them some opportunities that they had never had before where, you know, they were had community, they had basically a group to get to know each other and to see some come in for the first day of auditions being very reserved and kind of like in their shells over a course of several months that they got together 
by the time the production, you know, like, <laughs> they were just almost different kids. Like, they just came to life, and it was just remarkable. The parents were, like, so grateful for, you know, the opportunity and, you know, the change that they even saw that it brought um, with their kids. And um, it was such a cool experience uh, all around. And it really became just a really cool environment where um, you saw people get along that maybe outside, you know, over Facebook, that sort of thing, maybe wouldn't get along or wouldn't even consider talking to each other. You know what I mean? Like whenever they came in the doors of the theater, they became family. And, and that was the thing that, you know, was really big for us is we called it our crown family, you know, because families have dysfunction, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you still love your family. After 13 years of running Crown Theater Productions, the Arthurs were faced with the fact that they could no longer financially sustain the theater. But with the impact that Crown had made on the community, Columbiana jumped into action, and Eric Offenberg, now the chair of the Columbiana Chamber of Commerce, has started the Columbiana Cultural Collective, a nonprofit who hopes to buy and continue operating the theater and Crown Theater Productions. I speak for my wife and I here in that our heart is that, you know, the, the dream of theater, of what Crown Theater Productions has been able to create this family in this town. Our heart is that it continues to live on for, you know, generations. And a great job as always by Robbie on the production of that piece and that storytelling. And a special thanks to Don Arthurs for telling his story and for inspiring anybody listening that you can make a difference in your town. You can start that local theater. You can start that local restaurant. You can build up the cultural identity of your town and make it a better place to live. And now he's hoping the chamber will pick it up and run with it. He gave his time, he gave his money, and the ideas out there, and it has clearly made Columbiana, Ohio, one of the nicest places in America to live. The story of Columbiana, the story of Don Arthur's here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. We bumped in with that classic Sinatra song because we're featuring stories about Frank Sinatra from the great comedian Tom Dreesen. Tom was Frank's opening act during the last 14 years of his career, Tom Dreesen was arguably one of the closest people to Sinatra near the end of his career. Take it away, Joey. So, Tom, in, in the late 70s and early 80s, you were having an awesome career, opening up with the likes of Sammy Davis Jr. and Smokey Robinson, and then all of a sudden you had the opportunity to open up with the king of show business. Tell us how that happened. In 1982, I was working at Caesars in Lake Tahoe with Smokey Robinson. And Frank Sinatra's appearing next door at Harrah's, where I had worked many times before in the past. And I wanted to see Frank's show. So our shows were simultaneous. So when I came off stage that night, I bolted. I left Caesars and ran out the door, didn't even change out of my stage clothes, and, uh, and ran over to Harris. So as I was rushing into the showroom, the vice president of Harris Hotel, a man named Holmes Hendrickson, was talking to some big heavyset guy with a cigar. And he saw me. And he said, Tommy, come here. And I reluctantly went over because I didn't want to miss Frank's opening. He said, Tommy, this is Mickey Rudin. Well, I recognized the name. That was Frank Sinatra's lawyer and a very powerful guy himself. He said, Mickey, this is Tom Dreesen, and I think Tom would make a great opening act for Frank Sinatra. And the lawyer got a pained expression on his face like he'd heard that, you know, a million times before. And he winked at the vice president, and I caught the wink. He said, hey, kid, if I gave you a week with Frank, would you want more than 50000 and I knew he was putting me on, you know. And I, and I said, Mr. Rudin, put it this way. If you gave me a week with Frank, would you want more than 50000 And he started laughing. He said, I like this kid. And a week later, I got a call that they want me to work with Frank Sinatra the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City. Were you expecting that call? No. I, I mean, I, I told my manager afterward, I said, gee, I met Frank Sinatra's lawyer, 
and uh, Holmes Hendrickson plugged me to open for him. Uh, but anyhow, I, 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 you know, in the back of your mind, you're saying, gee, this, maybe that might happen. But, you know, I didn't think in my wildest dreams that Frank Sinatra would want me to be his opening act. He had his daughter, Nancy, and, and uh, other comedians that were working with him at the time. And uh, anyhow, I got the call. Uh, worked with Frank one week at Atlantic City, so uh, at the Golden Nugget. So I went there thinking, I'm going to get my picture taken with him and hang it in every bar in Chicago and say that I got to meet Frank Sinatra and got to open for him. And the second night I was there at the Golden Nugget, he and his wife Barbara Sinatra took me out to dinner that night after our second show. Now, tell me what the first show was like. So, you know, at the time you already had been performing with people like Sammy Davis Jr. and all that, so I'm sure you were already over the, the nerves of performing for large audiences, but now you're performing with literally the king of show business. Were you anxious? Were you nervous? Every opening night for every artist is, 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 that you're opening for, when you're opening for their audience, you know, opening for Smokey's audience and Sammy's audiences, you, you immediately, you get a feeling and I knew how to work in front of those audiences. Now I'm opening for Frank Sinatra. I mean, that's like an altar boy serving mass for the Pope. You know, you, you know, he was show business. He was everything that I ever dreamed show business was. You know, I was a little boy shining shoes in bars, and he was on the jukebox in every bar that I shined shoes in. And every guy in that neighborhood, every neighborhood guy wanted to be like Sinatra, you know. So now I'm with him. T tell us about the first time you actually met him. He was at rehearsal, and I went into rehearsal, and his conductor at that time was a guy named Joe Parnello, and I knew Joe Parnello. So when I walked out on stage, Frank was rehearsing. I just was kind of off the side. Frank was going over some numbers with Joe, and Joe said, Hi, Tommy, how you doing? And Frank said, Who's that? And he said, He's the comedian on the show. And Frank said to him, Is he funny? And Joe, Joe Parnello said, Yeah, he's very funny, Mr. S. You know, and he, he smiled. You know, Frank smiled. You know, now I really had some pressure. Because uh, I figured if I didn't do good, Joe would get fired, too, for recommending me, you know. But anyhow, that opening night, I went out and, uh, and you know, had, the, had a little bit of the nerves waiting in the wings. And then all of a sudden, when they introduced me and I walked out, I, I had been there before. I've done this before. And I just let that happen, you know. And, uh, and, and it was, a, I scored real well. And the second night, after, after we had done a couple shows together, he and his wife, Barbara, took me out to dinner. And we were having dinner, and I can remember like it was yesterday, in the middle of dinner, he set his knife and his fork down, and he, I was sitting across from him. He looked me right in the eye, he said, I like your material, and I like your style. I'd like you to do a few other dates with me, if you're interested. And I didn't say, let me check my calendar. I said, yeah, you can. And as you know, it turned out to be 45, 50 cities a year for 14 years. What was that dinner like? You know, you, you, were, you just performed for Frank Sinatra for the first two times in your life. And now all of a sudden you're sitting across the table from him. Well, the first time going to dinner with him, you're really watching yourself. But I tell you something funny that happened at that dinner that I, I haven't told anybody. I've told a couple of my buddies about it, but I've never talked about it on the air. But his secretary made the reservations. She didn't make the reservations under Frank Sinatra because it was after our last show. She made the reservations for a party of eight. And we pull up in a limo in, in squad cars. You know, he had two bodyguards there from Atlantic City. So we pull up to this restaurant. It turns out the owner was looking out the window, and he sees a squad car, and he sees a limousine, and he sees Frank Sinatra getting out of the limousine, and he rushes to the podium there and looked, and there was no Frank Sinatra on the reservation list, you know, and now he's panicking because there's no room in the restaurant. It's packed. 
So when Frank comes walking in with Dorothy Oman, she said, Dorothy says, I have reservations for you. Now, the owner said, Mr. Sinatra, oh my God, Mr. Sinatra, we don't have a table ready, but we'll get something ready. Frank said, take your time. No hurry. We'll go to the bar. We'll have a drink. Now, meanwhile, Frank's going to the bar, and I'm, I'm at the bar, but I look and I see the owner. He's telling people, I don't know whether relatives or friends, get out, get out, you know, get, get, get to the table. Now, the people are mad. He's taking the dishes off the table because he's going to make room for Frank Sinatra, right? Well, these people are mumble, grumble, mumble, grumble, and, you know, they went in the bar. He evidently must have been friends or, or good customers or family. And now he walks up and he said, your table's ready, Mr. Sinatra. He said, oh, my God. He said, I haven't even got my drink yet. So now we sit down, and of course the owner gets the chef out of the kitchen, and Mr. Sinatra, may we recommend this? And, and the guy's so excited that Frank Sinatra's eating in his restaurant. And Frank orders some kind of fish. Anyhow, we're sitting down, and finally the, the meal comes, and the, the owner is very proud, and he sets the plate down. Frank takes like a bite, and we're all sitting, and Frank takes a bite, and he said, ah, it's too salty, and he pushed the plate away. Now, when he pushed the plate away, the owner said, said, Mr. Sinatra, he said, it's a bit too salty. And he, the, the chef's behind the owner. He turned to the owner, turns around, and he said to the chef, it's too salty. You know, he's yelling at the chef. He, so they start recommending other things. How about this? How about that? You know, Frank said, you know what? I'm not hungry. I really am not. I probably shouldn't have ordered anything. I'm just going to have a drink here, and, and that'll be it. But the owner said, well, how about now the owner's down to like hot dogs. How about a hot dog? He recommended everything on the menu. Frank said, no. He said, really, I'm, 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 I'm not being fussy. I'm just not hungry. And the owner said, well, wow, Mr. Now, he goes in the kitchen, and I swear it was like an old B-movie. You hear him in the kitchen telling the chef, of all the things, and the salty, and you think about it, and you hear him yelling at the chef. And, 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 you know, like the walls are shaking, you know. But it, it, sitting down at dinner with him was surreal, because, you know, I'm, now I'm, I'm sitting across from Frank Sinatra, you know. <laughs> and, and later, it always happened that way, that, that I would pinch myself sometimes. Because, again, let me go back to this poor kid that I was, shining shoes in bars, and Frank Sinatra's on every jukebox. And here I was, years later, flying with Frank Sinatra, sitting across having dinner with him, him talking to me like I'm a peer. Good show tonight, Tommy. I like your new material. I didn't want to let him know how much in awe of him I was. And there were nights I wanted to say, oh, man, you were so good tonight in that particular number or that moment or even the whole show. I somehow picked up on that when I first met him that he had millions of fans. He didn't need another fan. He wanted a buddy, a pal. And I don't know what made me, maybe being a former bartender, my instinct on that. So I never let him know how much in awe of him I was. You know, but there were nights I just, I, it was surreal, you know, that I wanted to pinch myself. You know, there's another thing I picked up on him. He, he never, he was not very good at taking compliments. And my friend David Letterman is the same way. You know, David, if, if you said to David, gee, that's a great show. You know, great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, how's the kids? You know, <clears throat> if I said, <clears throat> David, I saw your monologue the other night. That bit you did about whatever it was, it was very funny. Yeah, yeah. He said, how's the kids going? Now, what are you doing? You see any of the old guys? He would change the subject. And Frank was basically the same way. If, if you, when Frank came off stage, if I said, you know, great show tonight. Yeah, good audience. It was a good crowd, you know. Do you think that's because he was humble or because, you know, he was performing so much that when he was not performing, he just kind of wanted to detox from you know, all things entertainment. No, I think it was kind of that, that he wasn't a bragger and he didn't like braggers. If you wanted to get, you wanted Frank to leave your conversation, start telling him how much money you got or how many buildings you own or all the great things you've done. He'd say, oh, that's terrific. That's great, Joey, or whatever he'd say, you know, and he'd walk away because uh, he wasn't one to brag himself. You know, he let his work speak for what he, what he did.
And there you have it, our first and more to come. Come fly with me. And this is Tom Dreesen, the great comedian, on his reflections in his life and performance life and friendship with Frank Sinatra. Pack up, let's fly away. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 